You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric May, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Milwaukee. Also, the Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Rippin. Um, I am very comfortable and aware of uh, the ESPN affiliate in Rippin. I've been around Rippin for... uh, I mean, a number of times in my life. I've been there many times. My brother attended Ripon College uh, for, his un- for his undergrad. So I, I've, I've been there a number of times. I also have friends that coach in the same league as Ripon College. So I've been there recently to uh, watch some basketball as well. So, I mean, of all the places uh, that we have as ESPN affiliates, uh, Ripon is one of the ones I'm most comfortable with. So shout out to our ESPN Ripon affiliate um, and shout out to our list listeners there uh that catch lockdown bucks on espn ripon uh very very happy to- <laughs> oh wait oh wait we locked on bucks is now on on our on, on our um ESPN affiliates that I mean that that's the way I understand really it. Is that, yeah. is that is that happening now? Do we get picked up? I mean, I mean I would assume so. We've had so much success with all these affiliates. We're across the state. I, I would assume at some point we'd get picked up. That that was just maybe an assumption on my part, but uh, it felt fair. Uh, the person asking questions about our ESPN affiliates and how we are related to them is my good friend and the founder of Brewhoop.com, Frank Man. Frank, how you doing, buddy? This is a this is an exciting ESPN affiliate because. Uh, I have actually also been to Ripon. Um, I went to Ripon in, oh, geez, probably 1998 for Badger Boys State. Oh, I've, okay. Shout out to Badger Boys State. So I stayed at in a dorm at Ripon College. I guess that was the first time I ever stayed in a dorm. Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, um, went to, we did the tour of the Ripon Cookie Factory. Nice. Um, I'm that's, gonna. Give that's you must a, do. I feel like that's yeah. must do if you're gonna be in the Ripon area. For sure. If you're like you know a 17 year old sure. kid, you're gonna want to go see the cookies. Um, <laughs> slash eat the cookies. Um, and I was gonna say <laughs> the. I know one bit of trivia about Ripon College. Okay. Can you guess what trivia I know about Ripon College? Hmm. I don't think I can. I'll, I'll let you go. Do you know? Do you know? Okay. Well, here here's my bit of trivia, and I'm. If your brother went there, then you should know the answer to this. If you're truly um, down with the ESPN affiliate there, you should know this. Who is the most famous graduate of Ripon College? Uh, Harrison Ford. Boom. Yes, I knew it. I, I didn't even think about it before you said it, but the moment you said who's the most famous alumni, it came to me. So I'm happy that I just got it. Uh, one other bit of trivia. Harrison Ford has uh, uh, is, is, is now missing the ACLs in both of his knees. Really? Yeah them and never got them repaired i guess i i once saw him talk about it on a like a late night talk show he just that's why he just kind of 
doesn't look good when he runs because he has no ACLs at the Sure. Point. Yeah, no question for you, Frank. Uh, next time we do a movie podcast, if you have to pick um, a series of movies to do, um, we've already kind of gone in some Star Wars directions. Are you a big Indiana Jones guy? Could we do Indiana Jones uh, <laughs> Locked on Bucks? Would that um, be something that would be possible? Are you, are you not as high on Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones as you, I would assume, are in Harrison Ford in Star Wars? You know, I've actually seen the Indiana Jones movies probably, I've seen um, what, was the, what was the order of Indiana Jones? It was, was Raiders of the Lost Ark first? Raiders of the Lost Ark, then um, Temple of Doom, yeah, and then Last and then Crusade. Last Crusade, and then we'll ignore the fourth one. That yes, there was a good movie in there. Out. If they didn't go to Aliens, I will. I will stand for that. Um, the yeah, I actually saw um, Temple of Doom and um, Last Crusade a bunch of times growing up, and I'm not sure why. I think we may have just rented it a bunch of times. Mm-hmm not really sure why um but i do i am very familiar with them i did really enjoy those movies i think they're a great franchise and it's kind of weird because when we when i thought i when i was thinking of this as you were talking about ripping my first thought was man indiana jones is a great movie franchise and it's kind of weird because i first thought of harrison ford and indiana jones not of harrison ford and star wars even though i'm definitely a much bigger yes. fan of the star wars franchise than that's indiana jones but obviously you know harrison ford is you know, part of an ensemble in Star Wars and he's um, Indiana, Jones. Indiana Jones. He is Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, that's a nice, Harrison Ford, another great movie star. Really, really great movie yes. star. Yes. Totally agree. Um, uh, great. Was in a bunch of great movies. I mean, the, um, the, when he's picked up kind of the, I guess he was the, he was, I guess what post, I guess Alec Baldwin was Jack Ryan in uh, Hunt for Red October. And then, did Patriot Games and Air Force One? Uh, was there another think of the one? Order of them. Um, I think I think that's it. Like the fugitive. Out there, when did the Fugitive come out? Well, the Fugitive's not part of that series, though. Sure, sure. Sorry. Oh, you're I, just you're just. I was just great listing Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford movies, movies in oh, the order yeah. that they may have happened. That is, yeah, Harrison. Ford, I totally agree. Fugitive is. I've seen that also a number of times. It's fantastic. Um, actually, the other day, I forget what we were talking about. My wife made some reference to something and I, I wasn't saying this to her, but we were talking about something and I thought of, um, and it was something about like some situation where I had no interest in it. And I told her the thing I immediately thought of was Tommy Lee Jones in the like sewer or whatever. (laughs) When, when Harrison Ford's like, I didn't kill my wife. And then Tommy Lee Jones just like, I don't don't care. care. Yeah. So good. Oh, um, one other bit of trivia. One other bit of trivia. My freshman year dorm room. Speaking of dorm rooms, <laughs> we're really going to bring this full circle. Uh, my freshman year dorm room uh, was uh, was once. I don't know what year it was, but it was actually occupied by Tommy Lee Jones. What? Yeah, random bit of trivia. There you go. That is wild, man. That's a good piece of trivia. That's a good piece of trivia. Yeah, that's, man, that's a great story. Wow. I mean, it's not really a story. It's just a, a fact we're just that making, exists. We need to sh- this, it's a good thing there's nothing happening in August in the NBA because we're not <laughs> talking about any of it right now. Um, we're going we're gonna to spend like a two-hour podcast just talking about dorm room inhabitants. Um, so anyway, uh, but I digress. Have I ever told my J.J. Watt story on the pod? I feel like I might have to save it. Um, 
if I if I haven't already told it, I, I will I will have to I'll pass it along for for a later date. I can't remember if I've told it on here. Um, I feel like I've told you the story before uh, with me and JJ Watt, but I'm not sure if I've told you it. Shared, on... Did you share a dorm room with JJ Watt at Eastern Michigan? Is that what you're about to tell me? <laughs> no, I did not. I mean, I guess since we're here and it is the middle of August, as you said. Um, so when I was in high school, I went to Slinger High School. Um, our rival was Pewaukee High School. And J.J. Watt went to Pewaukee High School. J.J. Uh, Watt was two years older than me. So he was a senior when I was a sophomore. And as a sophomore, I got to be on the varsity basketball team, which was nice. Um, but I was not like starting as a sophomore. I was just there. We had five sophomores on the team uh, against Pewaukee. We went down early against Pewaukee and we went down by a lot against Pewaukee. So to start the fourth quarter, my coach was kind of fed up and he put in the five sophomores uh, and just let us go against Pewaukee starters. And JJ Watt was, was their starting center at the time. Uh, so we were down by like 20 and we rattle off, uh, I don't know, I think like an eight Oh run or so somewhere in there. And, once we get to that 8 spot, I'm trying to think. I was at the top of the key. I either missed a, a jumper or someone else, one of the other guys, like turned it over or something. But I ended up being the back guy uh, defending a three-on-two fast break. Mm. Uh, and, Is there a business decision forthcoming? Uh, if Eric was smarter and not as much of a tryhard as a sophomore, there would be mm. a business decision. But instead, it was uh, a decision uh, that was poorly made by me. And three on two fast break, point guard brings it up the middle of the floor, kicks it over to the right side of the floor, and running up the right wing is J.J. Watt. And sitting not below the basket, but in legal guarding position is... Uh, 6'2", 160-pound Eric name. Um, and Eric, being the tryhard that he was, throws both hands up in the air, plants those feet, and gets ready to take a charge. J.J. Uh, Watt definitely saw it coming and decided, yeah, you know what, I'm going to make this guy pay. Um, and jumps off his left foot, puts his right knee right in the middle of my sternum, and just runs me over. Um, <laughs> just crushes me. Um, as when I played football, I ended up breaking my ankle my junior year. Um, to this day, my mom still says the one time I was actively concerned for your health. Not when you broke your ankle and you were screaming on the field. It was when you took a charge on J.J. Watt. I thought you were dead because J.J. was like... 250 260 like he wasn't like the 300 pound jj watt that you know now uh he was more of like a slim down tight end type uh but yeah absolutely crushed me i got the call um i pretended like i was happy like on the floor like yep going going that way yep got it it's a charge i can't breathe i'm dying and yeah so now i can say i 
I, I took a charge from an NFL MVP, which is is quite the accomplishment. When I tell the story now, I I do make sure most of the time if I'm at a bar, I'm drinking a beer. He was 300 pounds. Um, you know, he was he was a huge guy at the time. It was really an act of bravery to to take this charge. Um, but no, it, he was he was a normalish person then. But still, it's a great story. And and that I mean. You know, Eric name 2007, 2008, all little 10 conference first team boys basketball. You're not I wrong. You're not wrong. You're not um, wrong there, Frank. Um, I mean, who can forget uh, your game against Sheboygan Falls on February 23rd, 2008, when you lit them up for 22 points? I mean, that was, it was a big still one. a game, still a game that that, uh, you know, was was broadcast on, I think, all the ESPN affiliates throughout Wisconsin. It's certainly um, ESPN Sheboygan Falls. I know that for sure. For sure. That was a decade ago, by the way. Does that make you feel old? Because you're not old. I'm old. Um, that, but that reminds me, I, a friend of mine, uh, a good friend of mine, played used to play pickup basketball at Texas A&M okay. and would sometimes play against uh, Martellus Bennett. Ooh. And um, he apparently, like, they, 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 uh, he showed up one day wearing a weight vest. So he was playing pickup basketball wearing, a, like, a weight vest <laughs> to just make life more difficult for himself, I guess. Sure. And, they actually, um, you know, it was like, you know, kind of those like open gym type situations. So, you know, you, you won, you stayed. And they, uh, they actually, his team actually randomly somehow beat Martellus Bennis' team. And he just looked at them and he was just, he just said, run it back because they weren't leaving the court. <laughs> and they played again in the second game, Martellus Bennett wearing a weight vest. Um, apparently just kind of, well, kind of like what, what you were describing. Um, he tried to, I don't know if he was really trying to take a charge, but basically he, got caught um and martel's bennett just like jumped through him and dunked all over him <laughs> while wearing a weight vest so um so anyway so there you go that <sighs> that's uh that's the uh that's the random uh the random facts of the day um all right we're like way into this podcast um that's fine um locked on milwaukee bucks basketball team uh, apparently is probably what we should talk about and hey something happened in the last 24 hours eric and something that actually we've talked about and I think, you know, I guess excited is maybe not the right word. I'm August excited. I don't yeah. know if I'd be like July, early July excited about this move, but the Bucks bringing Christian Wood um, into training camp. And I don't know, we're not really sure if he's got any guaranteed money, but um, a guy that obviously we talked about a lot uh, in early July after uh, Summer League and his impressive performance there, uh, Christian Wood will at least have a chance of making the Bucks roster, which is kind of cool. Man, you really threw me off. I thought the thing that you were talking about that happened, the news was that posterburner.com slash Bucks is where you can get an ad- additional 10% off of your order at Posterburner. Uh, they are one of our new sponsors for the podcast. That is what I thought you were talking about. But uh, since it wasn't, I-, I will mention that, you know, that discount will apply to every type of print they offer. Again, that's posterburner.com slash Bucks. And if you go there, you can turn your own photos into posters you can figure out what it is that you know if you go on a family vacation since it is the summer um you know you are just having a general fun time you go to uh a baseball game i went to wrigley uh for cubs brewers the other day the brewers ended up being by the cubs by a lot maybe i want to remember that moment for 
a long, long time. I can create a poster using my own photo. Um, and all I have to do is go to posterburner.com slash bucks. It brings all those things to life and you can get all sorts of prints, whether that's a canvas print, a metal print, a decal, a sticker, a banner, or just a simple 24 by 36 movie size poster. You can do all of that in the 24 by 36 under 20 bucks. Uh, great deals there over at posterburner.com. Again, go to posterburner.com slash bucks and that will uh, immediately give you the additional 10% off of your order. Um, and I guess maybe now at this point, maybe you grab the the official photo of Christian Wood and you get yourself a, a Christian Wood poster. That might be what you want to do as a Bucks fan. And I guess what's interesting with the Christian Wood signing is one, to me, I thought he had... I don't know if I want to say the best summer league out of anyone, but I mean, one of the better summer leagues of anyone. Like when you think about kind of the all summer league or is it all summer league rosters, whatever it may be like he was up on the top of those. He was named to those. He was given that honor. And, and I thought he put together a really impressive summer league. So to me, it's honestly sort of surprising that on August 14th, he was even available to be signed by someone. I thought that would have gotten him a deal. And then on top of that, that the Bucks didn't even sign him to a like a guaranteed deal. They signed him to a training camp deal for them to get a chance to see what he looks like and uh, attempt to figure out if they think he can really play on on the NBA roster if they really think he should be a part of their future like they get to see kind of that they kind of get a, a, a another glimpse a longer glimpse at him and, and get a chance to have him around and I gotta say like it's just sort of surprising because I, I thought he put together a, a summer league that was good enough to I mean, at least get him a shot somewhere else, um, even if it was very little guaranteed money or maybe like a later guarantee date. Um, I, I would have thought he would have got that deal somewhere, but that never happened. And and now the Bucks are able to get him and get that chance. And I just think when when you think of the training camp roster they had last year and the training camp contracts they had last year, obviously it appears that the Bucks are trying to prioritize getting the maximum amount of value out of all of their roster spots. Last year, that was, I mean, James Young, Gerald Green. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of all of the... Joel old, Anthony, Brandon <laughs> Rush, Kendall yes, Marshall. All of those guys. Gary uh, Payton, the second. The Bucks were trying to get that, like... I think Christian Wood is a much more attractive option uh, when you're thinking of how to fill out that last roster spot. And uh, now you are kind of in a spot where you have Christian Wood. Uh, obviously, earlier this week, we talked a little bit about Shabazz Muhammad. Uh, in in the past and last season, we talked about Tyler Zeller. Like You have three guys there. Jordan Barnett would be the other one that is on a train camp deal. But I think when you think primarily about those three with Zeller, Muhammad, uh, and Christian Wood, I mean, those are... I don't want to say insane upside guys, but like with Christian Wood, you do have some upside with Shabazz Muhammad. You do still have a younger player that put together uh, a strong year for you, even if it wasn't in 117 minutes or, or whatever that number was. Uh, he he did play well when he got a chance. And Tyler Zeller, I think most everyone would say, is a useful uh, NBA player when given time, uh, even if it is 10 to 15 minutes a game. Like 
I think even in the 15th spot, you're seeing uh, a level of a level of value that just wasn't there last season. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I'm certainly a lot more excited about Wood than um, than Shabazz Mohammed. I mean, you know, as you said, Mohammed was you know about as good as you could be in a tiny little sample, but. <laughs> Um, we also have, you know, a lot more data on him and, and he obviously has not been a guy who's really impacted winning NBA basketball sure. in any sort of positive way before that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a bit of an interesting kind of thing. Cause I think last year, you know, I, I kind of viewed like the more meaningful competition in the preseason. It was, you know, felt like it was more between, um, you know, uh, green and rush and it felt like more like there was like kind of a wing battle, but then, you know, you also had, um, you know, GP2 on the two-way that potentially wasn't, um, or just sorry, GP2, and he wasn't on two-way yet. Yeah. Um, he was, you know, on that deal. He was on that quote-unquote two-year deal from the previous year where they brought him in at the end of the year and then had him on a contract technically um, into the following year. So, um, you know, you had kind of a mix of, of types of players. You had Kendall Marshall there who, you know, again, it was kind of like, a, you know, we didn't think he really had a chance to make the team. But, um, but yeah, so it was an interesting kind of combination of, of guys, and I think one of the interesting dynamics now with this, especially, um, well, not especially, because the Bucks have their own G League affiliate in the Wisconsin herd, it introduces some different sort of layers to all this, right? Because um, I think maybe not just relevant for Christian Wood, but certainly a guy like Jordan Barnett, um, the Bucks are able to claim up to four affiliate players, um, which are guys that basically, if they bring them to camp and then they end up waiving them. Um, they can essentially sort of tag those guys as going to the herd, provided they sign G League contracts. So, um, you know, certainly a guy like Christian Wood. I mean, we heard that Wood didn't even want to sign a, a two way contract, let alone, yep. um, you know, is he thinking about going back to the G League on a on a fully non guaranteed deal or just a G League salary? Um, but at this point, I mean, here we are, right? He was, you know, at this point coming back to the Bucks in mid August, which would suggest that. Depending on you know what uh, what what kind of numbers if he did get I mean I imagine he might have gotten like a little bit of a guarantee I I have no idea right I mean you could have gotten a fifty thousand dollar guarantee you could have gotten a couple hundred thousand I have no idea right and I think that would say we'll so obviously see volumes about what his chances are of actually making the roster and also how much interest he had elsewhere in the league because certainly you know Matt Velasquez reported that he had interest from other teams after the summer league but. As we've been talking about, it's a thin market for for big men, right? The yeah. supply demand market, uh, supply demand dynamic is not favorable to big men, and for a guy like him, it's hard because you know there are questions about sort of like, all right, is he focused enough? Like, is he motor? Does he have the motor? Does he have kind of the intangibles to make it in the NBA? It's not a question really of talent, and given he hasn't stuck in his kind of cut two previous spots with Philly and, Char- and Charlotte, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things like. Like when you're not in it, when you're not in the NBA, then people are going to have a harder time thinking of you as an NBA player. And so I think he was probably a victim of like a couple of those things because certainly it wasn't you know a, an issue with productivity in summer league because yeah. he was the only non first round pick from the last couple of years um, to make those that that all um, Vegas team so or, or all summer league team. Um, so he certainly you know has done what he what he can do from a productivity standpoint whether it was last year in the G League averaging you know 23 and 10 or whatever it was in a couple blocks whether it was this summer in Vegas he's he's doing the things on the court that you would need to do to get a chance um, but I think he's also the kind of guy who 
because of maybe some of those concerns, like, is he going to be the guy that, that does all the little things you want? Um, which, you know, oftentimes teams kind of just want predictable, you know, less sexy, yep. less upside guys at the end of the roster, you know? Um, there's a reason why Marshall Plumley made more money playing basketball last year than, than Christian Wood, and it's not because <laughs> of, you know, pure basketball talent. Um, but um, I think the, the upside is, hey, he's got a chance. He can come into camp and he can show the Bucks what he's about. He can show the Bucks that he's, you know, willing to work and be coachable and do all the small things. And I think for the Bucks, you know, it's good because they get to have their coaching staff who saw him in Vegas and saw him, you know, in the week leading up to that. But, you know, it's obviously different when these guys are around the real NBA roster because the role is going to be different and the competition is going to be different. And so I think it'll be um, an interesting opportunity for him to do that. And, you know, and then we can obviously talk about what the kind of decision tree looks like if he, you know, wows everybody and, you know, beats out, uh, certainly should have to, would have to beat out Shabazz Muhammad because he doesn't have a guaranteed deal, yep. but also presumably would have to beat out Tyler Zeller. Um, that would be obviously the most direct path to, to being on the team. But, you know, absent that, um, is it possible that they could waive him and then decide, hey, we um, are willing to give you a two-way contract and they get rid of you know, either Trevon Duvall or uh, Jalen Morris. They could do that, right? Sure. That's, that's possible. We've seen the Bucks churn through uh, two-way contract guys uh, before the summer is even out last year as well. Um, so they could do that, which would give him, you know, a few hundred grand in his pocket. And probably, you know, at that point, maybe he'd be willing to, to quote-unquote settle for that rather than, you know, try to catch on with an NBA team, which might be difficult, obviously, once the season starts. Um, or if, you know, he's if they don't do that, um, and they waive him, then if he returns to the G League, then, as we said, he could be an affiliate player that um, could go up to and, and be a guy that, you know, dominates for the herd for, you know, however long until maybe he gets another chance. So there's there's a, a, a few layers of options. And, you know, again, with having a G League team, um, this certainly is part of the strategy and why it's good to have him on the camp roster, even if maybe he's not a, a lock to, to make the, the full-time squad. And, and I do think one thing to me that is that is kind of interesting is that, he does take this training camp deal and and one thing you you sort of hinted at there was you know there's not a lot of there's not a lot of opportunity or space on this bucks roster there's 13 guaranteed deals uh i think malcolm brogdon uh, we were talking about guaranteed dates i think maybe he got guaranteed in june or july i'd probably guess he did um i'm not sure what the date is on that part of his guarantee um so the bucks have like 14 guaranteed contract guaranteed contracts so he has literally one nba chance and i don't know like it's just sort of interesting to me that there wasn't something better for him out there because Again, he got to play with the Bucks summer league team, and I'm sure that meant he got to make some impact, uh, some impression on the the coaches that were there in summer league, and he got to create some sort of connection with those people. But also, uh, he actively chose a spot where he knows options are going to be pretty limited, where he knows that you know maybe there isn't a ton of opportunity there and with that in mind well if things don't work out at the end of training camp you don't have a lot of lead up time into the season you don't have a lot of time to catch on with some other team uh so he he actively kind of chose the bucks and that situation and put himself in a spot where you know he 
I mean, if you're thinking about his NBA future, or at least his near NBA future in the next season, like he's got to prove it. He's got he's got to win this spot because otherwise it's going to be, at least to me, pretty difficult to go to another team and say, "Hey, I didn't catch on in Milwaukee. Um, do you got an NBA roster spot?" Uh, probably not. I would assume most teams don't. So I don't know. It's just a. It to me, it's the fact that we got to this spot. I think says something about his market. And then, I mean, obviously we talked this summer about how he wasn't interested in, in another two way deal. And he wasn't really interested. And I would assume in playing in the G league a ton, like he feels ready for the NBA and maybe the market says otherwise, maybe he's not. And one thing I was thinking about as you talk through kind of what you may want Christian Wood to do, um, you know, doing the little things, rebounding, and not necessarily being being the guy that he saw in summer. You saw in summer league was that as you go through all of this, like in Major League Baseball now, there's like the idea of the the quadruple A player, where it's it's a guy that. You know, when he gets a lot of opportunity, he's able to put up big numbers, but also maybe when he gets to the major leagues, he's not quite good enough for that. Maybe he doesn't have enough size, enough power, enough speed, whatever it may be. Like, there is just something that's a little bit short about him, um, and he just can't quite cut it. So he's always able to put up these big numbers at quadruple A, or I should say at triple A, but once he gets to the NBA, he's not able to put up the numbers that he needs at the NBA, but he's also not able to do the little things like i mean maybe he has a high strikeout rate and that power only comes through if he's able to strike out a bunch to get that power and that at this point like that term exists in major league baseball like you understand quadruple a player like you can probably drop a couple quadruple a players in your head like we don't really have that term for an nba guy or maybe i'm not thinking of it at this point but as i think through christian wood like can he do the little things i don't know I don't know if he has NBA size at the positions at which he needs to play. So maybe he can't do those little things and maybe he can only thrive when he's given a ton of opportunity against competition that's similar to him, that then that's the spot where he can look like the guy he did in summer league. And I, to me, that's the question Christian Wood has to answer is, can he be an NBA contributor in whatever role he's given? And if that's a small role, can he contribute in a small role? Like, can he find a way to be effective in that? And to me, that's kind of the question as you look through Christian Wood and and what he is going to try to be going forward is, can he find a way to impact games? Yeah, and I think it's it's going to be really interesting. Um, and again, from the outside, we're not going to have much insight into this, but um, I think it's I think he's going to be a really interesting litmus test if you're. You know, the coaching staff of your John Horst, your Mill Newton, you're part of that front office. I think you're going to be really curious to see Christian Wood going at it day after day with Thon Maker and DJ Wilson in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Zeller is relevant because Zeller might be the guy that you're most directly kind of competing for for a roster spot with if you're if you're Wood. But um, you know, DJ Wilson, like, I mean, he had. He was fine at times in in Vegas. You know, he he was okay. Yeah. You know, um, certainly one of the better guys on the Bucks team, um, but certainly not better than Wood or Sterling Brown, for starters, uh, among the guys that were in Vegas. 
and certainly not a guy that made any type of impact last year or you know just mm-hmm. has given us any indication that he has really a future as an NBA player um, so I think there's some really interesting questions there because I don't I mean I do not expect the Bucks to waive DJ Wilson for the benefit of signing Christian Wood or probably anybody at this point um, I certainly don't think they're gonna you know waive Thon Maker's guaranteed salary um, but if you went into a hypothetical camp where nobody had a guaranteed contract and you didn't care about where these guys were drafted and you know you didn't have sort of the baggage of um, of expectation and hype that comes with you know these different types of players I think it's very interesting I think Christian Wood actually makes the team <laughs> if you're just saying yeah. pick, pick your best 15 guys that you know showed up at camp and played the best basketball and you know, had the best chance moving forward. Um, I certainly wouldn't put uh, put money on DJ Wilson over Christian Wood at this point. Um, you know, Wilson's actually, I think, only a few months um, younger than, than Wood because Wood was so young when he came out. Wood's turning 23 in September. I think Wilson turns 23 in, like, March or something like that. So, you know, they're basically the same age. Um, and... You know, obviously with Thon, nominally Thon, I think officially is 21, but you know we won't rehash that that whole debate. But certainly Thon has not um, did not show really any advancement during the regular season last year. He looked like the exact same guy, or, or actually worse than than in his rookie year regular season. Um, and if not for that tremendous burst of energy he showed in in the playoffs, you know I think we'd all be kind of talking Oof. about man, Thon Thon stinks. Yeah. Um, instead, yeah. we're we're kind of back where we were a year ago. We're like, okay, can Thun have the breakout? But we're a little bit gun shy because we went through last season in which he was terrible. I mean, I I have to think Christian Wood can be better than what Thon Maker was last year. Um, but damn, I I also hope Thon Maker can, can be better than what Thon Maker was last <laughs> year. So um, so I think he's going to be a really interesting guy just to throw out there against those two guys in particular. Um, probably Thon more relevantly than. And Wilson, just because I don't think Wilson's going to play much five, obviously. But, um, but yeah, seeing Wood and, and Thon go at it um, again, you know, Thon is probably better. You know, relatively speaking, Thon is more of a, you know, regular season play with better players type guy than a throw him in Vegas and let him dominate against lesser players type guy. Whereas yeah. Wood, because he has you know a higher offensive skill level and he can actually catch a basketball and finish into <laughs> those kinds of things. Um, he's going to get more of a bump from playing in Vegas versus um, when he comes regular season time. I mean, you know, being able to rim run and have good hands and finish and have a good second jump and be able to crash the boards. You know, he's a better rebounder for sure than Thon. Um, those are those are valuable things for sure. Um, but you know, by the same token, we'll see if uh, if his style. You know, does that really translate, as you said, to actually, you know, making an impact on the court? Because um, certainly he's not going to get like lots of touches, so he's going to have to really, you know, be able to kind of create opportunities for himself with his motor um, by being intelligent and in how he rolls to the basket uh, and, you know, running the floor and being available and then, you know, having a good motor defensively and, you know, using some of the length and, and feet that we saw in Vegas, right? I think he moves yeah. well for, for a big. Um, I don't think he has necessarily Thon's upside as like a switch man or something like that. But um, in terms of actually, you know, monetizing his skill set, um, Thon is a long way from doing that and kind of realizing what he can do. And um, I think certainly, uh, you know, Wood is an interesting guy just because offensively, certainly he can do many more things than Thon, who obviously is just very limited offensively. So um, I'm really curious to see that. And obviously the 
the Zeller comp is, is the more obvious one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, it's, it's an interesting move. Um, I think again, the fair or not, the onus is going to be on, uh, on Christian Wood to prove that he belongs. And, you know, I think, I mean, look at this point, if you told me, you know, it was my call, whether the bucks just freaking wave DJ Wilson outright and just keep a guy like Christian Wood. Sure. I, I mean, what am I, what am I really expecting from DJ Wilson? Like, am I expecting he's going to go to another team and become some good NBA rotation player? No, I don't want to slam the door on him because we haven't really seen him even play at the NBA level that much, but you know, just from his G league performance, his summer league performance, I don't really see what he's going to do. That's really going to differentiate himself in the grand scheme of the universe. So, you know, even if Christian Wood doesn't have like big upside, um, I'd, I'd probably rather roll the dice on a guy like him than the DJ Wilson, but um, I also would have to say I, I don't expect that to actually happen. I don't think I don't think DJ Wilson will be the guy who loses his roster spot to Christian Wood, even if that may be the most fair thing. And it's funny to take that another level further when you think about Tyler Zeller in the center rotation. Am I picking anyone other than him after Brooke Lopez? No. I don't think so. Like, I I would much rather have Tyler Zeller at two million or whatever it is than John Henson at nine and a half. And I would probably, I mean, I think at this point, I think I'm rather I'd rather play Zeller than Thon Maker. Um, and again, we're we're in a spot where, in the end of all of this. Tyler Zeller is probably the one that gets cut, but you know, if you had your way, would he be the one? Or you know, if the contracts that currently existed didn't exist, or if we were just kind of grading on uh, who could be the most effective player? Like, I can't imagine Tyler Zeller is the one that loses his job. But all of those other things come into it. Like, when were you picked? How much are you paid? All of those, all those things do play a role in uh, figuring out who's going to fill out your roster. So. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting to uh, always look at this context space. I think both of us are, are always focused on that, that you know you always want to have the appropriate context. But if you do strip away all of that context and just kind of judge these guys as basketball players, how does it all sort out? And I think the, the two answers end up being pretty different. Um, because that's just kind of how, how the NBA ends up working. So, uh, we'll see what happens with Christian Wood. Um, but uh, you know, he, he looked good in summer league. Um, I think in even the worst situation that he doesn't make the roster, he is not quite good enough that the bucks have found a way to kind of get his G league rights, which is nice. Even if, uh, even if he's not super happy about being in the G league and, you know, maybe that isn't exactly what he wants, but for the Bucks, that's a nice thing. And um, yeah, I think that to me is probably about it for today, um, unless there's anything else you want to add. But uh, that's kind of to me the Christian Wood signing, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, I've I've gone half an hour without mentioning this, but um, signing Christian Wood is is not the first move in a series of moves that somehow manages to trade John Henson away for nothing or get rid of another deal. Um, I saw a number of people like, Oh, what does this mean for the future of Delhi and Henson? Nothing. <laughs> it, not, 
if it, if anything, we've kind of broken down what it means for other people. But um, if there was a trade for John Henson or a trade for Matthew Delvadova that the Bucks like, they would have done it already um, because they've been pretty open about trading them for about two years at this point. So um, I think Christian Wood and the Christian Wood signing has an impact on the 15th spot on the roster um, and probably not a, a ton of the other parts on the roster. So uh, I think that's going to be it for us for today. For Frank Madden, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. This has been us breaking down Christian Wood and the signing, uh, and hopefully you've enjoyed all of that. A quick reminder that today's episode was brought to you by Poster Burner. You can go to posterburner.com slash bucks to get an additional 10% off your order. And at Poster Burner, you can put all of you know all of your pictures on big posters you can put your pictures on uh, canvas prints metal prints decals stickers banners and more all for affordable prices so head over to postburner.com slash bucks today for frank men i'm eric name this has been locked on bucks we'll talk to you guys later